Capital. Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up the world, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. You're right. We are live and hallelujah. We're finally there. And this is going to be so much fun. Pittsburgh's most influential cultural Cultural enthusiasts are overjoyed when famous artists, got to watch this one, Vashti, has scheduled a gala followed by a weekend-long exhibit of her latest works. On hand is a native Nathan Landry, who doesn't really want to go, and received an invitation. And you better watch out because Psycho Sadie is definitely going to try to put her hit on. Nathan and Fiona is not going to put up with it. So Fiona is back, and we're going to find out more about it. Of course, Cindy McDonald is here. And welcome back to MJ Network. And Fiona, you can take care of her, I hope. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to be back, Fran. Good to be here. So the prologue sets the stage for the events to come and unfold. Tell us about Chapter 1 and Michelle and Nate's past. And her, 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 they call Sadie, and her past, past, I don't know about her. Okay, well, Michelle is Nathan's yes. older sister yes. uh, by two or three years, and um, she lives in Boston, and she has just broken up with her longtime boyfriend, Greg, who, who we've never mm-hmm. met in any of the Fiona's, and I don't know that you ever will meet him, but that's his name, Greg. And she, uh, she's kind of like the female version of Chad, um, seeing younger brother Chad, because he teases her and uh, gets the best of her along the of the time. But Michelle's kind of like that, and uh, but Nathan doesn't, he holds his own. And she is teasing Nathan about an old girlfriend. She's at their house uh, eating dinner. And she's uh, teasing him about an old girlfriend whose name was Sadie Jensen. Now, Sadie was um, Nathan's high school sweetheart. And Michelle used to call her Psycho Sadie. Um, Mm -hmm. Only nowadays, Sadie is known to the world as a renowned landscape artist, Vashti. Sadie is always gorgeous, and as a an adult, she's even more gorgeous. And Vashti is coming to the field for a big exhibit to work. And Fiona uh, wants to go, but Fiona said about making things. No way. There's so no that, way she's going to. Right. I don't trust her at all. No. So. <laughs> How did you create the review for her, and who is Corbin Toliday? I wasn't sure if I liked him either. He picks on my Fiona. Yes. Well, Corbin Toliday is an um, art enthusiast, 
And yeah. um, as we learn the story goes on, he is he comes from an extremely wealthy, wealthy family. I believe I said, you know, I, I haven't looked at the book for a long time because I'm so busy writing the next. Um, he was, came from steel company wealth, which, of course, was big in Pittsburgh years ago. And um, he is absolutely taken with Vashti and her works. And um, he, he just follows Vashti everywhere, and he buys her works, which are very, very expensive. And he is at the exhibit when Fiona and her mother and her mother-in-law and Michelle go to the exhibit, and they bump into Vashti. And, of course, Vashti is, she's kind of got her nose out of joint because the night before was a big gala welcoming her and her artwork to Pittsburgh and introducing the exhibition. And she had invited Nathan, and Nathan was a no-show. So now, here is his new wife and Rita. She remembers Rita because that's Nathan's mother. And she, of course, approaches them. And she gives Fiona a painting. And it was the painting she was going to gift Nathan the night before uh, as a wedding gift. So Corbin witnesses all of this. And when Fiona goes to leave with the painting, he's harassing her. He wants that painting. And he's mm. offering her like forty thousand dollars for it. And she's going, "Hey, wait a minute, buddy. This is a gift. I can't give you what someone has given me as a gift." And he, his his uh, offer goes all the way up to fifty thousand dollars for this piece. And finally, the security guard steps in and says, "You need to be on your way, buddy." So um, that's who Corbett's holiday is and how he treats him. He's oh, he's awful. Yeah, he's and he's not quite done yet, is he? So well, no, no, because he in, in the paintings, as you know, that it, and that's the reason the book is called Murder by the Stroke. Is there's mm. an invisible stroke inside the painting, and yeah. they have really, really marketed this little stroke, and people are just obsessed with finding it. And so when they find it, they won't tell anybody where it is because, you know, the painting, it makes the painting worth so much money. But Corbin Holiday, who owns so many of her works, uh, Vashti's works, claims that he can find that stroke in 15 to 20 minutes where it takes other people days, weeks, even months to locate this stroke. It'd be nice if somebody could really do that, but who knows? You never know. Yeah. Might actually be somebody well, yeah, that could actually do that. So well, there is we have... actually a thing called an invisible stroke. Um, it's not exactly what I have in my fictional story. I just took it to another level. But there actually are uh, things for artists that are called invisible strokes. Yeah. See, I knew that for some reason. Okay, now. Somebody gets killed, and of course the person gets killed, nobody cares, because it brings more gallery sales. And mm-hmm. Meredith has a, has a thing with, has a relationship with Vashti, and I'm sure that nobody's really thrilled about that either. And Vashti, just, just, I could picture her in front of, in front of Fiona. 
I could picture her in front of Fiona. When you when you walk in and you know I'm the I'm the ex and uh, you're the present, I don't think so. So you can all tell the feel the 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 hate right there because Fiona Fiona is different. Not that she's gorgeous, it's just something about her that everybody likes. So somebody gets murdered, and how does that affect everything? Well, the man gets murdered in the very first murder. Uh, my my proofreader, the girl who does my proofreading, her name is Donna. She, when she gave me the manuscript, and she said to me, wow, you sure did more than people in this book, Cindy. I think this is the most murderous you've ever put in, in a Fiona. She said, are you having a bad summer? <laughs> I said, well, evidently, I was mad at a lot of people. But anyway, um, David Lemon is uh, is the first murder on on record for us that is you know um, connected to this. And David Lemon was a um, a former high school art teacher, mm. and he also shows <laughs> that he is now retired. And he got the job as the new voice critic for a Pittsburgh newspaper. So he, of course, goes to Vashti's exhibition, and he, uh, in his next day's review, he trashes her work, he trashes her talent, and he calls the stroke that she's most famous for um, nothing more than a gimme. Well, David Lemon is soon found dead, isn't he? And uh, yeah, he's found dead. And he's found dead in one of the places that Vashti had painted while she was in the area. And his body is found right on top of where the stroke was located. So this immediately has everybody looking at Vashti like, you know, he trust everything, and then you met him at this place, and then you killed him and put him where the stroke was. So everybody, including including Nathan, uh, is kind of looking at her in a very suspicious manner. Yes. It makes it kind of hard for him to go after her, and but he's going to have to do, he has to question her, he has to do everything. And I'm sure Fiona's not mm-hmm. thrilled about it either. So who is Eric Snow, and what's his deal with Vashti? Because everybody seems to have a thing with Vashti. Yes, Eric Snow is Vashti's latest flame. And um, Corbin Holiday, um, of course, Nathan has questioned Corbin Holiday. And during that questioning, he informs Nathan that Eric is just one of many that he is just the current one in the place she is now. And um, the interesting about, thing about Eric Snow is, I, I, I don't know if you remember reading this throughout the book, is everybody compares him to that he looks like Jesus. Do you remember that about the book? That he looks a lot yeah. like Jesus. He has a long uh-huh. hair and the beard, and, and he's very good looking, just looks a lot like Jesus. And let me tell you that the background behind me doing that. Mm. Um, I take my granddaughter to school every Wednesday morning and she's in middle school. And um, we pulled up one day to the curb for her to get out, to get into school. And I look up through the windshield and this man 
walks past the front of my car, and he's got on a sports jacket and dress pants. Honest to God, Fran, he looked like Jesus. He looked exactly like Jesus in a suit. And I'm just like watching watching this man pass. So the next time I took Riley to school, the next time, there he is, walking across again. And I said, Riley, did you see that man? And she said, yeah, he's a substitute teacher at the school. I said, he looks like she said, no, he looks like Jesus. All the kids call him Jesus. I, so I thought, wow, that is incredible. I got it. You got to put it in the book. You got to put it in the book. So that's where that, that's the background on how Eric Snow keeps getting uh, compared to the likes looking like Jesus. Not that he's a, uh, a holy person or even a religious person, just that he just looks like Jesus. Oh, God, that's scary enough. So, so why, why do we, we get the feeling that Vashti, okay. why do you get the feeling that Vashti is conniving and why is she rude to, Vin, to Nathan because he didn't come? Vashti's attitude for Nathan um, isn't really because he broke it off all those years ago. Yeah. She is taking personal offense that he didn't attend that gala after she sent him a personal invitation. And she is kind of, mm. she lets him know that she is a big-time artist, world-renowned in this, and he is nothing more than a public servant married to a kindergarten teacher. And she mm. says that to him so times, doesn't she? And uh, which just infuriates uh, Nathan even more. Not so much that she is putting down what he does for a living, but that he's putting down Fiona. He doesn't like anybody to put down his Fiona, does he? Well, at least he's loyal to Fiona, because some men would not be very loyal. They would just say, what the heck, she's a famous artist. I guarantee if he went back to her, she'd dump him in five minutes, just to prove that she could. Because... That's that's the kind of person she is. Yeah, she's she's nasty, Vashti is, yeah. So let's go on to the next one. Um, We have Nancy and her husband and Rita and Hal. What part do they play? Okay, um, now uh, Nancy and Derek Quinn are Fiona's parents. Yeah, I like them. And they come to town. Nancy's a lot of fun. Um, Nancy is very loosely um, based on my mother. Very loose, but she's based on my mother. And um, (laughs) my mother could be a a bit much. Um, And they live in Daytona, Florida. They were teachers at the high school that uh, Mm. Fiona attended, which is an actual high school in Pittsburgh, Langley High School. And they were teachers there. And of course, Nancy, being Nancy, we all know who Nancy can be, they show up knowing about this exhibition, and she is very intrigued by Vosky and this invisible stroke that has made her so famous. And um, when Vashti gives Fiona that painting, the minute it gets home, Nancy is all about finding that stroke. But Garrett uh, Fiona's mother, father, on the other hand, he agrees with the murdered art critic 
David Lemon that the stroke is nothing more than an elaborate gimmick to sell more paintings at an inflated price. Now, as for Rita, who is um, Nathan's mom, this is the mm. person that Vashti immediately recognized, of course, as being suspicious. She didn't recognize Fiona. She recognized Rita, but Fiona was with Rita. So that is why she approached the group. She was walking through the exhibition talking to some of the people who were looking at the painting. And um, she, uh, she approaches Rita because she wants to know, she, she wants to be introduced to Nathan's new wife. And um, so that's what Rita had to do with that. And, and uh, of course, Hale, Hale is Rita's, Hale is Rita's a personal assistant mm. for Global Shield, and he's also he's also her lover. She just doesn't. He and her just don't admit to it. But I think I make it pretty clear there's a, a relationship there between Rita and Hale. In the That's book. really cool. So who is Felix, and what role does he play? And why does Fiona, now Fiona's pretty smart, she gets fooled, and why does she, what is, Bastie gives her the gift, I know that, and the title Murder and Strike, so, why does, uh, why does, um, who is Felix, and why does he get, what's his role, and what role does he play? Okay, okay, Felix Smithson is the art broker for the art gallery. Um, yeah. I think it's called, it's called the Illuminate Art Gallery, if I remember correctly. And uh, he is, he organized the gala and the exhibition, and he just fawned over Vashti, which I'm sure that they fawn over any big time artist that comes and has an exhibition there. But Vashti is very easy to fawn over because she is so drop dead gorgeous. You know, that red hair that's just out of control, and she's just. Mm -hmm. She's just beautiful, and uh, she's tall and thin, all that stuff. Oh, and she was, remember in the book, she was a model back when she was a teenager, yeah. too. She, yeah, she made the front of a teen magazine. So that's how beautiful this woman is. And um, turns out that um, Felix has been selling the paintings to his favorite influential customers who come into the gala a lot at a discount price. But mm. he's taking his full cut of the of the of the sale. You know, he gets part of the sales when, when they sell. He's taking his full cut even <laughs> even though he's selling them at a discount price. And Vashti finds out about this and uh, you know he thought he he ends up he ends up dead. He's another victim of the, mm. the stroke, and he is found at his apartment building outside of where he lives in a garden that Vashti had painted the year before because she was so taken by this garden, and she and, mm. and he was found right where the stroke was found you know, in the painting of this garden. But he was found by just some guy who, who lived in the apartment building. He was coming home from work, I believe. 
and he saw somebody laying there and he went and checked it out and, and it was Felix Smithkin and he was he was dead. So why why um where am I? Why did they slash the painting though? Okay, there was a painting when during the gala, not yeah. not during the exhibition, but during the big gala on Friday night, they had a painting that was being auctioned off. Um, and it was a, a local painting, a painting in Pennsylvania, somewhere in Pennsylvania. And um, it was being auctioned off for the children's, um, for the children's hospital. They have those, uh, they have big uh, stuff for the children, to, to raise money for children's hospital. And it was being auctioned off for children's hospital at very high price. And all the money was going to go to children's hospital free care fund. Well, the painting was on display in the lobby so that when people came in, they could see the painting. And it was, it was chained off. It was cordoned off. And there was a, a security guard there. But, and then everybody would go into the gala and have hors d'oeuvres and drinks and visit with the artist, blah, blah, blah. Well, during, sometime during the gala, a woman, an uninvited woman, came into, forced her way into the lobby and started screaming that she wanted to see Vashti and that Vashti was responsible for this, that, and the other thing, and that she needed to speak with Vashti. Well, of course, the security guard wasn't going to allow that mm. to happen. Neither was the woman, I believe her name is Anna, who, who takes the tickets at the door and stuff. She wasn't allowing. So there was a scuffle. And at some point, the woman would manage to pull out a, a steak knife that she had brought, and she flashed the painting. Mm. Well, the, the police, of course, somebody called the police, and, but they, the, the scuffle did not fill into the game. So the people who were in the other, in the art room, in the gala, were unaware of what was going on in the lobby. And so the police came, and they asked to see Vashti. She came out, and she had no idea who the woman was. She was like, I, I have no idea who this woman was. And, but, I, but she came in here. Obviously, she has mental health issues. She shouldn't be arrested. She needs help. She doesn't need a jail cell. She needs help. So she refused to press charges. Not good. So this is kind of a little clue to the audience that Vashti, mm. or Sadie Jensen, is claiming she doesn't know who this woman was, but maybe she does, and she's just trying to make her go away. So no charges are pressed. The police take her back to her husband, who was completely unaware she was out of the house, and the husband says, oh, this will never happen again. And they replaced the slashed. Actually, they ended up, um, they felt as though the painting was repairable. So they, they did auction it off, just to auction it off. And then they chose another painting to be auctioned. But even the slashed painting fetched $60,000, oh, even God. with the slashing. Yes. So that is how impressive this woman makes herself to everybody that even a slash painting is worth sixty thousand dollars. So she's yeah. got an she's got an 
identity, something image crisis there. She, it's almost as if she's had bad self-esteem, and in order to be feel vilified, whatever, she has to feel that she's, you know, perfect and whatever, and people have to like what she does, because basically, without that, she's nothing in herself. Yeah. And who knows yeah. if she's really mm-hmm. the one that's doing it. So how did you connect all the murders to Vashti, and who was Brooke, and why did Fiona want to learn more about her? Because we don't know about her. Well, Brooke is actually, <laughs> the name Brooke is actually brought up in the very first chapter um, uh, by Michelle. Because when, um, when, um, oh, when he, when, when Nathan went off to college, that is when he broke off his relationship with that, with Sadie Jensen mm. because he he knew he had to get away, away from her. His mother had been trying to get him to get away from her all through high school. And he says, hey, I was a 17-year-old kid, you know. I, 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 I just, I, every time I would try to break up with her, she would cry, and I just felt bad. So when he went off to college, that's when he broke it off. And he, and he started seeing a girl named Brooke. But this was many years ago. You've got to remember Nathan is in his 30s. He's, he's not 22 years old. He's like in his late 30s. So, mid-30s. He's, he's in his mid-30s. He's a little older than Fiona. Fiona's in her late 20s, and he's in his mid-30s. And um, he, <laughs> excuse me, he, um, so he can't even remember Brooke's last name. And he says, I only went out to this book a couple times. And Michelle says, well, isn't she the girl who disappeared? And he said, I don't remember Brooke disappearing. I don't. And he said, I think she went home for the holiday, for, for Christmas break, and just never returned from school. You know, which happens a lot. Mm. A lot of times kids go to college. It's their first year in college. They do that first semester. They go home for Christmas break, and they just decide they can't handle college, and they don't return. This is not an unusual thing to happen. I'm sure you know that. So, or they decide that that particular college isn't for them or what they're studying isn't for them. So it's not unusual. So he wrote it off as a girl who just did not return. Because he didn't really have a relationship with her. He just dated her. Mm. But this well, is like Fiona You know how Fiona is. Like, well, you know, Michelle saying this girl disappeared. But, and she even asked him, what, what was her last name? Because I don't even remember what her last name was. I don't remember, Fiona. We didn't have a relationship. Her name was Brooke. That's all I remember. So, <laughs> of course, Fiona starts digging into the, into, into the Internet, looking for a girl named Brooke who disappeared <laughs> that year. And sooner or later, it took her a lot of finagling and working and moving things around, but she found Brooke. And indeed, Brooke did disappear. She did. So that's who Brooke is. But she's kind of like that secondary storyline that we've got going on, that I always have going on in, in the Fiona books. Oh, my God. All I know is that when I, when I went to college, I had no choice. 
I walked into the dean's office and he said, you're a concert violinist and pianist, you will major in music. And I said, but I don't want to major in music, I want to major in English. It was like no choice. It was really scary. And if I, yeah, I had no choice. And the keyboard harmony and all the piano stuff was a piece of cake. I aced everything. The problem I had was I can't sing. And they don't tell you you have to take sight singing and voice. And I I bought earplugs for everybody when it was my turn. (laughs) For real. (laughs) And And at the end, you have to do a program in front of 200 people to get your degree and your voice thing and to finish music major. And my program was extremely original. And the professor just looked at me. He cracked up laughing and he said, that was original and because you're so adorable, I'm going to give you a B plus. I never got a B plus in my life. I always got A's. I settled for that. And I'm going to give you another one not to take the next class. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I'm serious. And... My program was very original. I won't say it was, but it was different. And my sister was alive, so she helped me rehearse, but it didn't help. So now we have Fiona, and the subject that was off-limits to discuss, and Vashti is out to find out about things about Nathan, and Fiona said, there's no way I'm going to tell you, right? That's a subject that's off-limits. Right. Well, Fiona, uh, as we know, uh, Nancy goes missing. Now, <clears throat> Nancy, yeah. Nancy being Nancy, uh, has to stick her nose in things, and uh, she decides to go looking for that stroke, not only on the painting, but in the actual location that the painting was painted. Well, Nancy owns a big farm. I think I, I put the farm in Glenfall. And um, which is a town in Allegheny County. And um, it was her grandfather's farm. And uh, when her grandparents passed, they left it to her. And so that's where the painting that she gave Fiona was painted at that farm. Well, uh, Nancy goes missing along with a girlfriend, Carol Campbell, who lived across the alley from uh, Fiona's house. And uh, so Fiona's like, eh, i got to find her. I am not happy to be sick. So she drives out, and she gets the idea. I think she went to that farm. So she goes to the farm looking for her, but she's missed Nancy and Carol, and she's also missed Nathan because Nathan's shown up there, too. So when she pulls into the driveway, who did she run into but Vashti? And Vashti... And she's very embarrassed that she's there. Very, very embarrassed that she's there. So, but Vashti invites her into the house because she says, I want to show you something. Mm. Um, you know, this is an old farmhouse, and I've kept it pretty much the way it always has been. But my grandmother had a fruit cellar, and I turned it into a fabulous wine cellar. Mm. She wants to show... Fiona's this wine cellar, and, and Fiona, being the very, very polite individual that she is, goes into the farmhouse oh, God. with Vashti. Now, when uh, my, one of my girlfriends read this book, she said, honest to God, Cindy, I was, when, once they went inside that, that you know. wine cellar, and, and Vashti closed that door, 
<laughs> I was terrified, especially when there was a knife sitting on the table and the yeah. and, and Vashti kept playing with the knife. And yes, I show that Fiona is very nervous because she doesn't like Vashti playing with that knife too mm. because of all the things Michelle has said. You know, it's it, it's kind of in the back of her mind that Psycho Sadie, she did this, she did that. She was crazy. And so all these things are kind of running around in Fiona's mind, and there's Psycho Sadie at the end of the table playing with a knife while she's pouring wine. And the thing that Vashti wants to know about is Nathan's former relationship and Fiona's former relationship. Who were their former lovers? And Fiona informs Vashti that she and Nathan do not discuss former lovers or former Mm. relationships because Nathan says a gentleman never kisses and sleeps. And Vashti finds this little role that Fiona and Nathan have very frustrating. And I might let the reader know that she thinks that Fiona is lying. But, yeah, it's a pretty pretty tight scene because, you know, Fiona you know, well, I got to go, you know, oh, boy, your wine cellar sure is lovely. I, you know, oh, it's just crazy that I, no, I'm not crazy. I'm just, in, no, not insane. You know, she's, you know, Fiona, once she gets worked up, she gets verbal diarrhea. So we have a little verbal diarrhea going there, and she does manage to get out of the wine cellar and go home to find her mother at home and Nathan at home, and that they had both been out to the farm. But they neither one of them moved into Vashti. Only she moved into Vashti at the farm. Well, before I forget, on what's today? Monday, Wednesday. This will be very interesting because I have to answer the questions and somebody else asks them. My reading professor, Dr. Cavuto, and I are going to take on Jeannie Shaw and the Great Debate. The great reading debate, and guess who did the research? Me, and I sent him the talking points, and he said, once again, he's impressed with his student. He was my college professor when I took my reading masters, so that's going to be interesting on Wednesday. For those of you that want to know the right way to teach reading, you need to listen. And on Thursday, psychotherapist Dennis Palumbo and I will discuss teenage anxiety and stress that leads to alcohol and substance abuse. And that's just this week. Next week, I have The Girl Among Crows author, and I have a Girl on Trial, which is another thing about substance abuse. And that's just part of January, because January is filled. And if anybody has anything new coming out, you better tell me, because February and March are just about gone. I don't know how I did it, but I did. And I am extremely excited that on May 6th, New York Times authored one of the most top authors in the world, Janie and Krantz, asked for an interview with me. Again, I am totally impressed. <laughs> anyway, so let's get back to why. How does Eric wind up in the hospital, and who's Lulu? Well, uh, Lulu is a Caribbean woman who has a mm. 
um, food truck and a coffee stand, a food truck coffee stand that sits right outside of the police station where uh, but she's only there during the morning and she gives uh, the officers free coffee mm. and, um, and and anybody who passes by like regular customers, they have to pay but the officers get free coffee as long as they're just getting coffee, mind you and um then uh, she moves the food point over near the art gallery during dinner time. So she has a spot over there. So she conveys to Nathan when he's stopping by to get some coffee that uh, she she recognized Eric Snow in a newspaper clipping um, that he was Vashti's boyfriend. And she found it very interesting because, you know, he looks like Jesus, but she saw him with a young woman outside of her stand near the guard gallery. They had ordered some food and they had to wait for it, and he was kissing her. And it was not Vashti. Mm -hmm. So, right. So shortly after that, uh, he goes out, he's a smoker, no, he's a smoker, he's a vapor, which I, I think is pretty much the same thing. I, I truly wouldn't know. But um, he likes to do his vaping. Vashti doesn't allow him to vape inside the house. Don't And um, so he goes down by this huge stump that sits next to a big pond. And it used to be a big I think it was a willow tree. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember mm. whether it was a willow tree or an oak tree. But her grandfather used to sit under it and fish in the pond all the time. Anyway, he likes to go down by the stump. Um, the, the tree was um, hit by lightning several years ago, so there's just a big stump there now. But anyway, um, he likes to lean against the stump and bake at night out by the pond. Well... He goes out there one night, and someone bashes him, and he's left for dead. And Vashti is the one who finds him because she goes to call for him to come in, and um, <clears throat> he's, he's laying there, and, you know, she thinks he's dead, but he's not. He ends up in the hospital with a really bad, with a head, head injury, with a head injury. Well, you can't blame right, the person who did it. Yeah, I'm here. So, question, No, no. Though. Is that right? Was it at, did somebody bash him overhead? Or did somebody yes. shoot him? Oh, my God, I can't remember. It's terrible. Like I said, I'm I'm writing another book right now. So I think somebody, kind of like bashed him on, somebody bashed him on the head, I think. The book is in front of me somewhere. I think, I think that's what happened. Yeah, I think, somebody that's, bashed I think him that's on the head, happened. yeah. But after a while, I don't know if Ashley really cared. <laughs> No, no, after a while. She was pretty upset when she found out that Eric was having an affair, and I, we won't mention who he was having an affair with. That's right. But it wasn't pretty. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. Well, then obviously she probably said he deserved it. Oh, well, too bad. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Basti is never yeah. forgiving, and she will always run after Nathan unless somebody sticks a blow on her head. So what happens at the end of the story, and how does Fiona wind up? Does she does she get out of the thing, or does she 
how do they get? How do they? How does she get out of this? Because Bessie's crazy. Yeah, she basically is. Um, and and we've we've got several things that happen during the during the course of the story that points mm-hmm. to the fact that she's not all you know. She's quite a few French fries sort of a healthy one. Yeah. Um, Fiona uh, feels bad because they they arrest someone for the murders of Felix Smithson and Corbin, or not Corbin Tobin, um, Felix Smithson and David Lennon. They actually uh, arrest someone for those murders. But everybody was pointing the finger at Vashti, and even Fiona was saying, I, I think Vashti did it. I think Vashti did it. So she goes to back to the farm because she feels as though she owes Vashti an apology. Mm. And when she gets to the farm, things are not very pretty, are they? Because Vashti is pretty upset over the fact that, uh, you know, Eric has had a, a, a big old affair and uh, Nathan is still with Fiona, and things just aren't going Vashti's way. So she invites Fiona back into that lovely, cozy wine cellar. And Fiona goes, doesn't she? Because she feels as though she owes Vashti an apology. So she Come goes into you, that people. wine cellar. <laughs> well, you know what? She's, she's, she's not naive. She's um she's trusting. Yeah, yeah I know. Too trusting. She's a little too trusting. Um, and even when when Nathan kept saying, "Look, she's crazy. She's crazy. She's crazy." Fiona even told him at one point, "Get over yourself, Nathan. You know, it's been years since you broke up with her. She's a famous author. She doesn't. She's moved on from that, Nathan. You need to get over." So, and with, if you think about it, it does make sense, right? So, mm-hmm. but as time goes on, she's realizing this isn't, this isn't the way it is. But once they get somebody for those murders, she starts letting go of that. So anyway, so she goes into the wine cellar, and she ends up lost in the wine cellar because Vashti hears somebody coming in the in the driveway, and Vashti's like, I'm going to go see who that is, and, and Fiona's like, well, I, you know, I, I should really go, and she ends up, they, they end up in a little push and tug, don't they? Mm-hmm. And Vashti ends up pushing her against the wall and knocking her down, and she locks her in the wine cellar. And when she sees who's in the driveway, she gets herself armed, and she goes after that someone, doesn't she? She does. She's crazy. But she's, they mean, yeah. seriously, despite everything, she should get her for something. She needs some mental help, Vashti, seriously. She has poor self-esteem. Yeah, she, she, always ha- she has to come out on top. Yes. So what, and so when what she happens? Into the go ahead. No, go ahead. But she, gets okay. out into, and she, go, and she gets out into the driveway. The person who is in the driveway is examining the stump and looking at the around the base of the stump, and she ends up whacking that person with a shovel. Oh God! And knocking 
And I mean, she shot, she hits that person very hard with the shovel, and they are down to the count. Well, meanwhile, back in the wine cellar, Fiona has found a screwdriver, and she is taking the doorknob off of the wine cellar and getting getting it so that she can get out. And she does end up escaping the wine cellar. And what happens after that, of course, is not something we can to reveal. Yeah, one of the okay. questions that you asked me, or you have down here, is who is Cliff? Who is Cliff? Yes. And, um, who is, I, yeah, we can't say who is Cliff. We can't say who is Cliff. Cliff. <laughs> yeah, um, Cliff Slater, yeah. Detective Cliff Slater, yeah. is a main character and detective in the Owl's Nest series, which is mm. a, another series in the way. Yeah. And, um, right, and I like to cross characters over. Um, Nathan and Fiona have um, made visits to the Owl's Nest series, and this is, I think, only the first, uh, the only is visit that Cliff Slater has made to the Fiona Quinn series. But anyway, he's a detective, and he's in the same precinct with um, with Nathan. And he shows up at the gallery when Nathan has gathered a bunch of police. That's my little King Cavalier. I don't know what he's out in the living room somewhere. I can hear my Cocker Spaniel growling at him. He shows up at the gallery to help search for the strokes from the paintings, and they have to be holidays in too, because Nathan is concerned that they need to know where all the strokes are if somebody else, you know, to work, he's worried that somebody else is going mm. to get killed. So Cliff helps out with the strokes, and he also helps out with some of the theories about what you know, what happened to each of the victims. So uh, that's who Cliff, Cliff Slater is. And uh, like I said, I like to talk characters over sometimes. I like him with Alexa, though. you got to bring him back for yeah. Alexa. Yeah. Seriously. Both of oh, them. <laughs> but he also, you know, Celia, uh, who is a friend of Fiona's, she was in Murder on Point and uh, Taste Like yeah. Murder, I think. No, 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 Mambo and Murder, Mambo and Murder. She was a crossover from the first first, first four series, if you remember. Mm-hmm. I brought her in from the first four series. So, yeah, I like to cross characters over. It's, it's fun to revisit with old characters that you don't see very often. I'm lucky I got everybody's dead when I write the story. Or a face in the mirror. I don't have to question them all. That's right. But there, is a, but there will be a sequel. I've decided. Okay, good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a sequel. It's been called tentatively uh, Mirror Image 2. I'm entitled. And because oh, okay. I just Let me yeah, I met someone that I really don't like, and every time I'm around oh. this horrible person, for whatever reason, I'll explain another time, she always says, I'm entitled, until she's not. And she's no longer entitled. So I figure she belongs behind a mirror for her evilness. So, this is really cool. I don't think I could deal with it. Why five dogs? How does Fiona deal with five dogs in her house? I would have enough problem with a parakeet or a canary. Well, now, she, uh, 
Fiona only has one dog, and that's the little white Maltese named Harriet. Yeah. And um, but when Nancy and Garrett, her parents, come to town, they bring five little Yorkies with them. And, uh, mm. yeah, it does cause a little bit of chaos in the house when the five Yorkies are there. Um, but I think Fiona handles it with a lot of poise. Um, as long as Daddy, Garrett, isn't losing one of the dogs, because uh, he's famous for taking the dogs out in the yard and one of the dogs go missing, and that causes a lot of chaos in their lives, too. So uh, as long as Garrett is able to keep track of the five dogs out in the yard, we're going to keep So, but, yeah, it, 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 I, I enjoy it when Nancy and Garrett come to town. Well, I, I just finished a book that's not out yet. It's coming out in March. It's called The Hollywood Hounds of the Baskervilles by um, Elizabeth Cairns, and it's about dog napping. And it really got real because the dogs that are napped are Toto, Asta, and Leo for Basil Basil Rathbone, and a whole bunch of famous dogs. So I was trying to figure out how she did it. So I said, oh, my God, how could you kidnap the dogs? It's really, (laughs) it's, it's funny. Sort of. So let's ask the most important question. What's next for Nathan and Fiona? What trouble are they going to get into next? Well, I'm going to be writing the next Fiona Quinn mysteries this summer. Um, I Fiona Quinn, the Fiona Quinn books always come out in November. Uh, they are always November releases. And um, I'm going to call this next one, I believe, Conducting a murder, and um, oh nice! And uh, it's I think I'm going to bring back Kira and Jared Chaslow. If you remember who they are, they yeah. were um, they were on uh, Deep Blue Isle. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to bring. She was a pianist, uh, concert pianist, if you remember. And once yep. she got over her depression and everything, she was going to go on a five city tour, including Pittsburgh. So I think we're going to bring her back, and we're going to conduct a murder. Um, but right now, I am writing book number five of the Owlsness Mysteries. He's in France. Everyone thought that book four was the last book because it mm. was called a felon finale. But the finale just meant the end of a show, not the end of my book series. Mm-hmm. So I am reading book number five right now, and it's titled Long Lost Lies, and that book is slated for either um, a May or a June release. I haven't decided when it will be released yet, either May or June. you so got to tell me when it's coming out. Because I actually have some already interviews in May. Don't ask me how. And I do have one in June. <laughs> and then in July, I take off the whole month. And I am very honored that D.P. Lyle is going to interview with me in August. I'm getting very popular. I I don't know how sometimes. (laughs) But it's it's funny because I said it to my niece the other day. They had no idea what I do. They have no clue. They know I review books, but they don't know who I interview. And I just rubbed it in the other day. You see, your aunt is very smart. She knows how to do this. So where can we find out all about Fiona and Alexa? Um, you can go to my website, www.csmcdonald.com. Oh, no, csmcdonaldbooks.com. 
dot com. And of course, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Very, very unfortunately, I am on Instagram, but I'm not real often. So there, I'm just a big Instagram fan. Maybe I should, mm. you know, pick them up a little bit more. But um, yeah, so I, I am on Facebook and uh, and Twitter well, X and all these stuff. So I'm I'm very active on social media. You can pretty much find me anywhere. Just Google me and I'm there. I'm gonna give you a place to go. Really, I didn't realize it. But it's very, very, very interesting. I post my reviews on LinkedIn, and I've been getting a lot of responses from the people that run it. That that 25 people read your review last month, for real. Like, uh, on LinkedIn. I'm serious. Yeah, I'm serious. Oh. They they say your 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 post has gotten a lot of whatever, and they want me to upgrade to premium, but I'm not going to pay a lot of money. Um, my brother, who doesn't go on anything, read my review of your book and then Dick Belsky's book this morning. And go like, really? I'm getting a lot of publicity on LinkedIn for real, and you should post there. Just post, I just post the review. I post the link. I don't say anything, and all of a sudden I've gotten your 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 profile has been in a search of 200 people. That gets me nervous, but. I, I, as a matter of fact, the other day this lady asked me, she said, didn't you review my book a few years ago? I don't remember. She sent me three. She just sent me three. Oh, wow. Because the post office yeah, is maybe strong, I, so. I, am on, I am on LinkedIn. Yeah. I guess I, I'm just more active. I guess I should get more active on LinkedIn. Yeah. Get more LinkedIn, yeah. But everyone, yeah. it's a beautiful day outside. We have some snow, but nothing tragic yet. Um, they're expecting right. floods on Wednesday, which that's okay because I have a radio show. But, Cindy, thank you so much. And um, if I form another panel, I'll let you know because I'm going to try to do one in March. And now I just okay. have to decide. That, okay, everybody, have a great day. Stay safe and stay warm. Bye. Bye-bye.